Good morning, Eastside family. Absolutely delighted that you're here. If you have children ages two through second grade, we have a really special program for them. It's going in that direction, and we call it junior worship. If you're here today with kids in that age range, we'd encourage you to uh, take them there, and then you come right on back. I want to certainly remind you of a very important aspect of our worship assembly, and that is the offering that we bring each Sunday. It is an important part, and we've actually spent two weeks recently talking about this at the beginning of the year. This is, this is an offering that we bring to God. We make it possible for you to worship God with your offering in four ways. You can mail a check to the church address. You can give an automatic draft to your bank. You can go online to our website, click on give, and just follow the easy instructions. Or if you're here in person, you can drop your contribution off there at the box on, the, on your way out. And those of you that are not here in person, but you are here in the sense you're with us live streaming, we are honored and delighted to have you here with us this morning, certainly. I'd like to start with a prayer as we consider our offering. Father, we thank you so much for, for what? Good grief. We don't have time in a prayer to say what we're thankful to is like so much to offer our thanks to you for, Father. And there's so many things that you do that we're not even aware of. You're an amazing God. You have blessed us and given us so much. And so, Father, as, as we make this routine announcement about our offering, Father, it's more than routine. It's our way of offering up to you a response of what we have to say, God, we love you. God, we put you in the highest place. May you take the offerings that we bring before you, like the little boy with the five loaves and two fish, and may you multiply it to meet needs throughout this world and in this community and in this church body. So, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hey, let's take our Bibles and turn to Psalm 42. Psalm 42. What I want to do this morning is I want to read to you a passage, and this passage is going to serve, it's going to lay the foundation for what we're going to talk about this morning. Psalm 42, beautiful psalm. I'm actually reading out the ESV, so that may be a little bit different English Standard Version. Psalm 42, the Word of God. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. While they say to me all the day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival. Why? You ever ask why? God, why? Why are you cast down, O oh my soul? Why? Why are you in turmoil within me? Man, what's wrong with me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise Him, my salvation of my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon and from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and waves have gone over me. By the day, the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to my rock, 
God, my rock. Why? God, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning? Because of the oppression of the enemy. As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? Why? Why are you downcast? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation, my God. The beginning of the year, our shepherds handed out these to you as they shared our vision for 2024. And one of the aspects of our vision for 24 that, that is helping us to grow as a church within in the church body is, not only, is, is to helping us really have a focus on what it says here, a church mental health focus. What exactly are we talking about? We want to talk to you about that today as this passage actually has shown us the incredible need for it. I'm really excited to introduce to you or share with you about a, a counseling ministry that has begun here at Eastside. Now, we had a, you might call it a soft opening a few months ago, but today, today we're going to say this is the grand opening as we're going through this in this particular way and, and through a, a, just a big public splash so that you'll be very familiar with it. And in all honesty, as I think about this ministry, it, it, it's really my feelings are very similar to what we had, what we talked about over the past two weeks. It's like, how did this little boy with five loaves and two fish, how, how did that happen? that 20 some odd thousand people were impacted. How did God do that? And as I think about this ministry and, and I think about the impact it is having and will have here among our church family and in our community, it's kind of like, again, it's like I am in awe of what God is doing in and through our East Side church families. It's just, it's only, I only can be explained by God. Part of me was going to say, well, today we are launching this ministry. But if I say we are launching this ministry, it almost sounds like this is something that we thought up. And this was our initiative. When in truth, as I look at this and I think about it, there's no other way to explain what we're going to share with you today, other than this is what God orchestrated and God put together. We just happened to be a church family and some individuals that were blessed to be a part of this. The need for this is incredible. You just need to be awake for about five minutes to know it. At the kitchen table this morning, something was wrong with Karen. She was near tears. We had prayed for some people. She made the mistake of looking at the newspaper. The statistics are horrible. The hurt, the pain, the brokenness of people in our world can make it hard to even enjoy a breakfast. The other day I opened the paper and this is an article that, that came up. And, and this is not just something that's going on among adults. This is something that if you're a teenager or a child, this impacts people of all ages. I read, I read this article in the paper and, and this is a quote from the paper, uh, from this particular article. It says, we have a mental health crisis in schools, in the workplace, and in households throughout the state. This partly might explain Colorado's ranking for having the country's fifth highest suicide rate. Listen to this. Care 
and lack of care, whether you get care or not, care and lack of care, is often the difference between life and death. Nearly everyone in Colorado knows someone who suffers from mental illness. The problem lies at the center of many challenges from homelessness to public safety. Anyone who has worked closely with a mental health patient knows the difficulty of finding state-sponsored or private care, just the challenge of finding care. And so there's tons of articles like this. And the mistake that we would make is that, man, it's just horrible out there, isn't it? Thankfully, it's not a problem in the church. That's a myth. That's a myth that this psalm that I just read dispels that myth. This psalm, Psalm 42, this person is going, what is wrong with me? It's like tears are my food. It was written by a worship leader. A worship leader. Then he brought this song to worship in their public assembly. It's like, what are they doing singing that? Can you imagine Matt, our worship leader, coming to us and say, hey, I got this new song I wrote, everybody. Let's, let me teach you to it. Let's sing it together. And imagine that these would be the words to the lyrics. And I paraphrased it from Psalm 42. Line one, I can't stop crying. My, my soul feels so dry and dehydrated on the, outside, on the inside. My tears are my only food. I have such happy memories of the past, but they're gone. What is wrong with me? Now, verse 2. I don't understand why I'm in such constant turmoil. I am so, so down. I feel as though I am drowning in emotional pain and anguish. God, where are you? All right, line 3. Why have you forgotten me? God, I feel my mourning and distress all the day long. It goes all the way deep to my bones. And we hear that and we go, what in the world is wrong with Matt? The real question is, what in the world is wrong with you? And with me, none of us, all of these words, they resonate. None of us are exempt from this. These are feelings that we all experience. We have all gone through from time to time. As a matter of fact, certainly there are some right here who can identify with the words of this psalmist. And so, in, in truth, this psalm is God's way of saying, let's not pretend. Like everything's okay when everything isn't always okay. Let's be honest and transparent like this worship leader. Be honest with God. Be honest with, with others. The myth that this psalm dispels is that normal people never feel abnormal. Whatever normal and abnormal are supposed to mean. That if you have any mental health issues, anything of a, an emotional distress or depression or anxiety, something's wrong with your faith. You must not be a very good person at all. When in truth, it's just a reality that you're a human being living in a broken world. The guy who wrote this psalm was a church leader. A worship leader. 
You know the story of Elijah? Like the Bible says, be like Elijah, great man of faith. Pray in James chapter 5, just like Elijah prayed. But he was in such distress, in emotional turmoil, he cried out, I have had enough. I just want to die. And then it says he just laid down and fell asleep. It's kind of like it can be an escape, a sign of depression. That's Elijah. And then there's Jeremiah. Like the reputation of Jeremiah is he's the weeping prophet. He's like, what's up with him? Every time you see Jeremiah, he's crying. Well, if you knew the life that he was living, you'd be crying too. He's just, he's a prophet. Yeah, but he's, this is real life. David, a man after God's own heart. Read the Psalms. He often had a very hurting heart. Have you read the Psalms? They're not all, let's stand up and clap and sing. Some of them are, but there's a lot of grieving, hurting expressions in Psalms. Listen to these Psalms just in, in, in Psalm 6. My soul is in, not that, oh man, I've had a hard day. Is in anguish. I am worn out from groaning all, listen to this, visualize this, all night long I flood my bed with weeping, I drench my couch with tears, my eyes grow weak with sorrow, this is a man of faith, a man after God's own heart, he was hurting, hurting greatly. And then there's the strong, the Apostle Paul. He, he wrote in, in, all throughout his epistles, but this I think I took it from 2 Corinthians. He wrote a feeling harassed at every turn. It's like no matter where I look, man, it's just coming at me. He wrote of conflicts on the outside and fears within. Like Paul, you're a man of faith. What's up? Don't talk like that. You don't feel like that. He did. And then Jesus, you know what Jesus said to his disciples? My soul, like on the inside, it's overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. What I'm going through, this is killing me. God, take this away. That's Jesus in his humanity. And so, you know, you understand, if the psalmist, the worship leader of Psalm 42 if Elijah, if Jeremiah, if David, if Paul, if even Jesus had their expressions and feelings of hurt and emotional distress, then when you're hurting, you've you got to know something. You're in very good company. And the biggest mistake, the worst thing you can do is just bottle it up with embarrassment so that nobody will know, thinking you must be the only one going through that when in truth you're not it's not a sign of a weak person or a bad person and I think one of the greatest myths one of the greatest lies of the devil is that whatever it is you got to figure it out on your own this worship leader who wrote Psalm 42 he didn't stay at home he wrote a song about it. He brought it to church. He said, I need y'all to sing this with me. I need to acknowledge what I'm going through and my hurt and my pain and, and my need for help. And they sang along with him because that resonates with them as well. 
the theme verse for this ministry that God is starting here at Eastside, one of the theme verses is Galatians 6 2. Carry each other's burdens. Carry each other's burdens. Listen, you're not, whatever you're going through, whatever crisis you're experiencing, you're not intended, you're not meant to go through it alone. The church must be a place, a safe place that we turn to and find help, find hope. And so that for this reason, we haven't. God has launched this incredible ministry and he's honored Glenda and Amy to be servants in this ministry and I've just asked them today to some most of you know Amy better than you know Glenda so Glenda's going to introduce herself a little bit more than Amy will just to share with us who they are and what this ministry offers. Thank you Eddie. Good morning Eastside. It's hard to believe Eddie that just one year ago um, about this time last year, my husband and I were visiting here at Eastside. We had just moved to Colorado Springs from Texas. Now, I know my accent sounds like I'm from New York City, but, um, you know, I really am from Texas, uh, and so good to be here. Uh, there are so many of you that are so wonderful, and you greet people at the front doors. Well, the people who met us at the front doors happened to be Pam and Gary Stevenson. Well, they, uh, as soon as we came in those doors, it wasn't long before Pam was saying, and how about you coming to our house tonight for um, a small group? Well, we did, and we loved it, and that was the beginning. It was in that small group that we met Amy and Joe Gambrell. As Amy and I look back, neither of us think that our meeting was an accident. It seems to both of us that God was putting us together. I love counseling, and Amy is training to be a counselor. An awesome friendship and informal mentoring developed. A desire to grow a ministry evolved. Well, as a result, Miss Amy and I, we met with Eddie, and Eddie allowed us to describe what we wanted to do without putting limitations on us. He didn't try to box us up and put us in a corner. Thank you, Eddie, for being so supportive. Next, we met with the elders, at which time we expressed our passion for building a counseling and support ministry. We shared an idea with them that I would take the lead role in the ministry while Miss Amy over here, she completed her master's degree, she's got her hands full working and going to school, and then the baton would be passed to Amy to take over the leadership role. The elders were supportive and they accepted our ministry proposal. They prayed over us, which we needed, and we really appreciated. Since the elders gave us their approval, Amy and I have been looking at what services other congregations are offering to their members and talking with their support group leaders by phone and in person. We are trying to locate the very best resources and curriculum materials that we can find. Often, we work quietly behind the scenes as we gather information and honor the privacy and confidentiality of those with whom we meet. As a licensed professional counselor, I do work with adults, and I specialize in four areas, depression, anxiety, trauma, and marriage. Now, the first one, depression, okay, what I can tell you is there is nothing user-friendly about depression. 
it can feel like being in a black hole with absolutely no way out, just as this slide shows. I can also tell you there are no words to describe the joy I experience when I see an individual come up out of that black hole. There's just not words to describe it, and there's no dollar amount you can put on it. The second one, anxiety. Guys, it's in the news a lot. It was in the news a lot before the pandemic, and it's been in the news even more so since the pandemic. Anxiety can rob you of energy, and it can absolutely rob you of quality of life. What I can also tell you is that relief is available. The third one, trauma. Well, trauma comes in many forms and can occur at any age. All too often, it can start in childhood. But regardless of the age, whether we're dealing with childhood trauma or perhaps trauma involving combat duty, it tends to, to feel like what is happening is beyond the person's control, occurring suddenly and unpredictably and can involve a serious threat to life, like bodily injury or even death. As serious as this is, processing and healing can occur and it can be ever so liberating. You do not have to stay stuck in the past. And finally, the fourth area that I specialize in is marriage. And while marriage is intended to be a blessing, all too often it can be very painful. Marriage counseling can give couples an opportunity to build skills in the areas of communication and conflict resolution. This process can take longer when it involves one or more of what I call the three big A's, and those are abuse, addiction, and adultery. If a couple is in crisis and where it looks like their marriage might be headed for divorce, I typically meet with that couple for one hour per week until they are able to move out of crisis mode and into working mode. Typically, it can take three to four weeks to make that transition. If requested, I can customize a marriage intensive for a couple based on their specific needs and challenges. This means instead of meeting for a one-hour session, I would meet with them for a longer period of time in that session. In an intensive, we are able to cover in a few hours what would have taken weeks to cover in regular sessions. Whether a couple selects one-hour sessions or an intensive, my experience has been they are asking for help now, and they want relief right away. As I have watched couples work very hard over the years to save their marriages, my observation has been that it can have a beautiful ripple effect on the whole family, and you can't put a dollar amount on that. There's no way. I have extensive training and experience in the four areas I just described. I attended workshops on depression, anxiety, and trauma in Dallas with Dr. David Burns of Stanford University School of Medicine. Thanks to Dr. Burns' years of research and his willingness to train therapists, I was able to acquire skills in CBT, which stands for Cognitive Behavior Therapy. 
if you were to take out your phone, which it's okay, I don't know how often you get told that in church, you know, but you could take your cell phones out right now, and if you were to Google uh, CBT, you would find that it was one of the very best therapies for the treatment of depression, anxiety, and trauma. If you would like a free self-assessment developed by Dr. Burns for anxiety or depression, just let me know. I've got some copies with me today. It is not intended to be a diagnosis. Rather, it is to provide you with valuable information. I also had the opportunity to train. Uh, it's been almost 20 years ago now. Uh, in marriage counseling with Michelle Weiner Davis. She's the author of Divorce Busting. I first heard Michelle speak at the American Association for Christian Counselors Conference. I was so impressed with the rate of success that she was having with couples. I knew if she ever offered a training session for a therapist, I wanted to go. Fortunately, she did, and I went to Boulder, Colorado to train with her. If you are interested in seeing Michelle, she's still over in Boulder, Colorado, and she's at her divorce busting center. I am very grateful for everything I learned from Dr. Burns and Michelle Weiner Davis. I have personally seen their research and methods help so many people. That's quite honestly why I haven't been able to totally retire. While their work has been enormously helpful, I do use the Bible as my foundation and undergird my work with biblical principles. There is no way any counselor can be trained in all fields of counseling, and it would be professionally unethical for me or any other counselor to work with a client in an area for which we are not trained. So Amy and I are actively networking with the Christian counseling community here in Colorado Springs to locate additional counselors to help you with other issues and to locate Christian counseling services for children and teens. For example, there is a location just east of Woodman and Powers that is home to many Christian counselors. It is located in a separate building adjacent to Mountain Springs Church. Amy has also spoken to the director of Colorado Christian University about utilizing their counseling services. Another source is psychologytoday.com. On that website, you can fill in your zip code and you can use their filters to identify the issues you want to address. And you also have an opportunity to indicate if you want a Christian counselor. I also found on that same website, psychologytoday.com, counselors with a military background who are specializing in serving active duty personnel and retirees. It is so important to find the best fit so that you can do your best work in the session. Our counseling and support ministry, as Eddie indicated earlier when he laid the foundation for us today, is based on Galatians 6.2, where we are called to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. As a result, Amy and I want to be visible and easily accessible. We will be adding a bulletin board in the foyer, and Sarah, thank you Sarah, will be adding information on the East Side website. The counseling office is located upstairs, and I have access to it during the afternoons, Monday through Friday. 
Other times and locations can be arranged based on need. I'm mobile also. I prefer to do sessions in person, but Zoom sessions are available, and this additional option can come in handy during the winter here in Colorado Springs. As far as cost is concerned, we do not want money to ever get in the way of anyone receiving counseling services. We are also asking for your ideas and your suggestions. Would you like for us to come visit your small group, teach a class, or bring in a guest speaker on a certain topic like parenting? Just let us know. We value what you have to say. We are grateful for two additional team members in the ministry, Karen White and Kathy Holland. And we are looking for more. And most of all, we ask for your prayers. Amy and I have given this ministry to God, and we are asking Him to guide and direct us. We feel called, and we feel compelled to answer. We look forward to seeing what God has in store for this ministry in 2024. I have given you an overview of the counseling side of the ministry, and now Amy will give you an overview of where we are with the support services side of the ministry. Thank you, Glenda and Eddie. Um, I am just delighted to be here this morning with you guys. Um, let me get my notes and uh, glasses. I did not think about that until almost <laughs> I was already up here. So, um, as I've said, I'm just delighted to get to be here and to discuss the, the counseling ministry and these new options and opportunities that will be available to you here at Eastside. I don't have to tell you how wonderful it is to get to work with Glenda. Uh, she is leading this ministry in such a beautiful, professional, and positive way, and I am so blessed to be learning from her. As Glenda has already discussed, we are working to build this ministry and provide not only individual and couples counseling, but also support groups like Grief Share with Kathy Holland. Just a reminder that Grief Share will begin this Thursday uh, from 6.30 to 8.30 tonight at, at night um, in the conference room. And I know that those of you who will be participating in this group will be exceptionally blessed through Kathy and um, her beautiful and compassionate heart. Another subject that I feel very strongly about and that we believe needs support um, is sexual sin. This subject is generally not talked about and it's kept hidden because of the shame that inevitably follows. The elders have so graciously approved support groups for women who have been or are currently experiencing sexual betrayal. They have also approved a group for men who are struggling with sexual integrity now, we recognize that these groups are not inclusive of all situations, but our hope is to provide a place to begin healing and for growth and to establish other groups as needed. 
We are currently reading and studying Bible-based material that we think will be a guide to help heal from this type of trauma. We will have more details about the start of these groups in the future. But in the meantime, if you have any questions, please feel free to come and talk to me or Glenda. Or if you are a man who is interested in attending a group for sexual integrity, you can reach out to my husband, Joe Gambrell, Eddie, or Tim Schwamm. We appreciate you guys doing that for us. Sorry, let me do this. This is a little awkward here. The need for counseling and support services continues to grow, and we know that we are just beginning to scratch the surface of topics and areas that need support. We encourage you to contact us for any ideas, anything that you have that we can help with in the future. And we thank you so much for giving us this time this morning to explain this new ministry to you. We are grateful for each of you, and we ask that you please pray for us and for this ministry as we seek to bring honor and glory to our God as we help those who are hurting. Will you join me in praying for this ministry? Heavenly Father, we come to you today and with praise and thanksgiving for Glenda, Amy, Kathy, and Karen, their passion for mental wellness and their hearts are evidence to us. May we pray today for those who need comfort, mercy, and love without judgment. May we join these blessed sisters and be a family of God that will have open arms to those in our church family and community and comfort them and we thank you for the gift you give us to show compassion and love to all. Our hearts are heavy for those who struggle and are battling with mental challenges. We pray you give them strength to keep fighting. We pray in our hearts that they will know that they are loved, wanted, and valued. May we cultivate a place here that is godly, loving, and understanding. We pray that our church family is the beginning first steps to get the help they need May, may our beloved seek the right tools to begin healing. God, we pray for their families whose hearts ache for their loved ones who are suffering. Give them strength to keep fighting too. Be with those who are suffering and let them know that you are there. We are on bended knee today asking you to hear our prayers. Oh Lord, we pray to you today because we believe that you are the divine one. Love each one of us just as we are. And when we walk, would you walk with us in our individual journeys through life? You see the ignorance and injustice that divides and separates people today, especially those struggling with the challenges of mental issues. And you weep with us. Hear our prayers today and every day. We pray this in Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. So before you leave, listen, this verse that you notice here in Psalm 42, it's actually repeated twice because God wants to make sure that we see it. 
Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. It's God's way of saying, I know what you're going through. I really care. There is hope. There is help. You're not alone. And I love the way the psalmist says, it's horrible what I'm going through, yet I will praise him in spite of all that he was suffering with in the midst of his anguish. He worships and praises God. You see, worship, that's, that's therapy. He brought his praise to his pain. So I'm going to ask that you stand now. We're not just going to close with a song, but we're going to offer up to God this song in prayer and if you're carrying a heavy burden this morning and you need someone to reach out to or you need someone to reach out to you let's join together and let's get out of our seats and let's pray together as we offer up this song in prayer hey i'm eddie white the senior minister for the east side church of christ sure want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast i hope today's message was indeed a blessing to you like to invite you to browse our website at eastsidesprings.com to get more information or to contact us. And as always, we indeed welcome you to join us for our worship service in Colorado Springs as we seek to live out Jesus' mission of making disciples of all nations.